and welcome to What Should Read Read. Um, today is um we'll be recommending one of our favorite books, The Hedgehog of Oz. This is kind of based on The Wizard of Oz, and it's about a hedgehog. So he now Henry will read the back. It all started when Marcel the Hedgehog got lost in the park and separated from his beloved owner, 12-year-old Dorothy. Since then, he's been living in the balcony of the Emerald City Theater with Auntie Hen and Uncle Henrietta, twin hen sisters who found their way there, too. But when the three are discovered and Marcel is thrown into the back of the truck, he's left in the woods far away from everything he has ever known. He teams up with Scamp, a tiny mouse armed with an enormous spirit and a trusty sling shooter and they set out in search of the way home along the way they pick up again a small gang of misfits an old gray squirrel squirrel ingot suffering from bad memories and a broken heart and tuffy a baby raccoon who's not so much cowardly as lost and afraid and all the while they're stalked by an owl named wicked wing Filled with heart and hope, this is a story about adventure, unlikely friends, and the acceptance of one simple truth. The road can be dar a dark and winding journey, and straying from it is easier than you'd think. But maybe we're all a little lost before we're found. And that was the back cover. Now let's get deeper in to the book. So, the basic plot is Marcel gets lost, and then he like, comes to Mousekinland, where he meets Scamp, a very adventurous, tiny, tiny mouse. And, like, um, Marcel is trying to find his way back to his home, or Dorothy, and so um, Scamp helps him. And then they meet this old squirrel. I can't remember his name. What's his name? Uh, let's see, Ingot, and like he's he's super old and he's cool and stuff like that. And then they go through the evil woods and they meet Tuffy, a uh, small raccoon. I think that's his name. Is it Tuffy? Yeah, it's Tuffy. Um, and and then you know the plot is basically um Marcel gets lost and he tries to find his way back. So that's basically the plot of this story. Uh, yeah. Uh-huh. And also, you know, uh, super cool, and they're trying to, and all, they all, do, they do it while trying to escape Wicked Wing, the evil, uh, owl. Yeah. That's been hunting them down ever since they set off in the woods. There are no TV shows or graphic novels from what we know of. Is the part where we read a little bit of the book. Okay. Take it away, Henry. Tucked between a brick apartment building and a busy corner deli on a storybook tree-lined street sits a theater. A rundown but beautiful theater. At precisely six o'clock every morning, a long ladder pushes through the shiny front entrance with a wrench and a terrible screech. The ladder unfolds under the cheerful glow of the Marquis, an elderly man ascends. One by one, letters are plucked from beneath the now showing sign and scooted around. Attack of the Atomic 
alien cats becomes night of a thousand kisses in the bat of an eyelash. Though the Marquis might read Marigold Takes Manhattan at 6 a.m. by 6.05, Bleak Battle 3 will blaze in its stead, lit up by the hundred globe lights that hug the edge of the great sign and wink on the crack tiles below. A ticket booth, all glass and gold trim, stands waiting between the two sets of doors, ready to collect dollar bills, coins, and traces of pocket lints. And every evening, tickets in hand, the moviegoers fill in, file in with anticipation, past the doors into the lobby, through the warm, inviting balm of the buttery popcorn air. A line forms at the snack counter. Orange fizzy pop and crystal cola sloshes into tall cups of ice. Popcorn pops in an old-fashioned popcorn cart and spills into greasy buckets. Stray kernels crunch on the carpet below. The cash register chimes as a woman in blue orders chocolate buttons and gummy fruit gems, while a gaggle of small boys presses noses and sticky fingers to the smudge glass. They ogle long looks of lo- ropes of licorice and lollipops the size of their heads. A pair of gentlemen order the same confection selections. Coconutties, toffee beans, and cinnamon snaps. Three boxes each. Gumdrops, peppermints, caramels, so sticky. They can't be carved from your teeth for a week. The register sings and sings and sings. Past the concession stand, deep stand, deep inside and so high it seems pinned to the clouds painted on the peeling ceiling. A heavy curtain cascades to the stage and pools in great crimson tufts. It harbors more than a few moth-eaten holes. And though it's worn now in places, the theater's proud gold paint brightens the baseboards. The balcony, the flying monkeys spiraling up pillars to the opera seats. A cornice of poppies crowning the stage. Emerald City murals chipped and faded over the years glow from the wings while the theater's threadbare velvet seats warm under the sparkle of diamond chandeliers. All is hushed. Everything waits. Crash, clonk, the lobby doors open. People stroll down the aisles and plunk themselves into seats. Two there, three over there. Chandeliers dim as tiny glass bulbs bordering the aisles flicker to life, lighting the way for more, nap- for more napkins, a splash of soda, a second bag of licorice. The music strikes its first chord. Voices hush. The curtain rises, and the show goes on. The theater's heart beats differently each night. The screen might conjure a laugh, a gasp, even an infrequent snore. A sob might bubble up and and float into the rafters. Squeals of fright, peals of delight. It's It's just like this that the months and years of Emerald City Theater have marched on. And from gleam and sheen to wear and tear, the decades slowly drifted by. There is one thing, however, that has always remained the same. Every Saturday at noon sharp, there plays one matinee show. Matinee show. Matinee show. The film hasn't changed. The same movie reel clicks away every Saturday and has for as long as anyone can remember the doors being open. And lately, something else, too. 
A small pair of eyes has been glued to the new manatee each week. A pair of eyes behind a pair of much too large eyeglasses. Kansas Flying Houses, a group of travelers on the Yellow Brick Road. Every Saturday, high on the theater's sagging balcony, now closed off and cobwebbed with the time and disuse, a best speckled Marcel perches on the back of a dusty theater chair, taking it all in. The Wicked Witch cackling in and the film reel crackling, those ruby slivers and no place like home. Marcel knows every word of Over the Rainbow. He's sung it probably a thousand times. Well, before he came to the theater, that is once upon a time. He hasn't sung a note of it since. For a while, as the first violin notes quivered to his life and his beloved moving picture lit up the screen, he could still imagine it. A reunion, one fit for the movies. A happily ever after. Maybe she'd seen the marquee. Maybe a hitch in her heart and Marcel on her mind, she'd decide to take in the show, their show, one more time. And for a while he'd watch, not the manatee, but for a glimpse of braids, the flash of braces, a sticker-covered skateboard for a long time, months even, a glimmer of hope remained. But she never came, and how? Well, Auntie Hen might perch beside him, and when she's not pecking at pop at a popcorn kernel or the sticky remains of a lemon drop, Uncle Henrietta will sit for a few. For a few, two fat hens ro- roosting in the balcony above the dark theater, watching The Wizard of Oz. And Marcel, that Oz-loving hedgehog, yes, he watches too. And that was the first chapter of The Hedgehog of Oz. Thank you for um, listening. See you next episode.